welcome to Wielding Legacy. My name is Laura Payne Stanley, and this is your weekly audio insight because the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. As I said, this is an audio insight, and it's one for high achievers, for visionaries, for empire builders, and for power couples. You see, I know that you are here, already creating an impact in your industry. You are here building a legacy for you and your family. And it drives you, it occupies your mind. But through my work as a trusted advisor to extraordinary entrepreneurs, I know you aren't yet reaching your greatest potential in your business, your performance, and in your relationships. Now, I'm known with my clients, I am one of their loudest cheerleaders, believing in them often before they do. And yet, you can't enroll me in your legacy limiting story. I'm your biggest empowering challenger as well as you create your ultimate legacy. So this audio insight is called Wielding Legacy because, as I said, the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. We are diving right in today and we are talking about struggling, not least because my winter allergies have kicked in in full force, so I'm struggling a little bit with my voice today, but that's not the topic of this episode. What we're talking about is when we're looking at our dreams and achieving big things and having goals, whether that's in business or in life, we all have those days when we are struggling. For me recently, there was one day that the tipping point ended up in me like yelling at the universe. Really? You know, really? I'm struggling here. And it happened when I was packing up one of the wardrobes for my upcoming year of adventure. You see, I kind of slipped and grabbed one of the metal rails in this this huge big wardrobe. And it was like watching it in slow motion. It was an at-home version of Mousetrap. One thing that I'd grabbed, this metal rail that I'd grabbed, everything fell off of that. And the next thing behind it got too heavy and everything fell down there. And it ended up that with one motion, I had taken down the entire wardrobe in terms of all of the clothing was on the floor. And there was me as well in a big old heap. But when we look at the wider picture here, what was going on? And that's the subject that we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about why my struggle started with an email, what this had to do with, and what we do when we're in the eye of the struggle hurricane, what was really going on, how to decide how to be next, and what to do post-struggle meltdown. So as I said, my struggle started with an email. And let's wind the clock back to there right now. So before I'd even started packing and sorting and doing all those things that need to have happen, I went into that wardrobe in a mood. <laughs> I'll claim it, I'll claim it. And I will say that my mindset, it wasn't the best uh, as I entered the wardrobe uh, for the task at hand. And it did, it started with an email. An email that I should not have looked at as I wasn't doing emails before I started doing the house clearing tasks. And I did what I tell my clients not to do. After all, hands in the air, we're not all perfect. And I hit send receive, quote unquote, just to check if there was any emails. So my mindset was not in checking emails. I'd done it quickly. And I wasn't fully paying attention to what I was doing with emails. And then let's say the email came in that started the whole thing off. This email was a lovely email. It was an email from a former client of mine. 
And it was to let me know that they'd come across somebody who had been duplicating the look and feel and the copy of my website. In essence, no biggie. It's happened before. But that email and the mystery person who was doing it, that kicked off my whole day, all at the same by the event of struggle. So what do you do when you're in the eye of what I call the struggle hurricane? So let's fast forward the clock a minute again to when I was in the wardrobe watching this like mousetrap kaplunk thing just all falling down around me like I was in some weird movie. As I said, time slowed down and I just stood there. By the way, this wasn't elegant. I should add that here to you. This wasn't elegant. This was like things were falling down. I was trying to catch it. You know, there was metal falling. And as I stood, like surveying the carnage of what I had just created, I had an option. See, that had already happened. As much as I wanted to, if I moaned the clothes and the wardrobe and everything that I just dismantled without realizing or wanting to, was not going to go back up. But I had a choice of how to react in the event. And that is the first step. When you're in the eye of a struggle hurricane, the awareness that you don't necessarily always have a choice about what's happened, but you do have a choice about how you are going to react. And that's the second step. Because you see, if you realize that you have choice of how to react, we then have an understanding that we get to choose that choice. So it's not just a choice of it's automatic or it's not. You then have a choice of, well, how do I want to react? Option one for me right there was full on diva tantrum, I will say, um, of what I'd just done. That was one option. Was it going to change anything? No, but that was an option right there. Option two, laugh. And use my old favorite line of, hmm, well, that's interesting. And this is a great line to use whenever things don't go to plan. You know, you smash on the floor, a uh, glass on the floor, you just drop it when you're like washing up or something. You go, hmm, well, that's interesting. Documents don't save as you've been working on for two hours. Hmm, well, that's interesting. A potential client that you thought was 100% a shoe in a hell yes says no. Hmm, well, that's interesting. Or somebody copying your website. Hmm, well, that's interesting. And that's what I'd forgotten to do because the root cause struggle event that kicked off the secondary wardrobe event, I'd forgotten to do the, hmm, well, that's interesting. I'd forgotten I had a choice. Not that someone was doing that with my website, but I had a choice of how I wanted to react. Now, here's the kind of point, because every time um, I've said, hmm, well, that's interesting. What you can't tell, but you probably can in my voice, is I can't do it without smiling. I have done this for years at some of the funniest and I will say truly non-funniest times when things haven't gone to plan. I've said, hmm, well, that's interesting. And that's the golden nugget for you here. You see, it's extremely difficult to be stressed and to be struggling or even mad at the world when you are smiling. So try it out. Well, that's interesting. Try it out in your life, in the eye of a struggle hurricane. See if it works. And if not, well, you know, create your own what we call struggle break state. Any one-liner that's going to make you smile. 
So what was really going on right now? What was really going on that kind of set me off that day? Well, there was a catalyst. And I made a spoiler to this in the episode 23 of the podcast with the advice from my old swimming coach. You see, he said to me, swim as though you are only competing against yourself. The only race that you control is the one that you are in your own lane. You can't influence what others do, but you do know if you swam your best and you've won the race you are having with yourself in your own lane. You might have started putting the pieces together now, friend. I know you might have. But what had I done? I'd stopped looking in my own lane. I'd started looking around too much. I'd started looking at the person who was actually doing the copying. Then I'd looked at their services and their positioning using my copy. Then this had quite quickly become a conversation about plagiarism in coaching and then across any industry. And I had quickly escalated from one person who was breaking my copyright to an industry, to the whole online education space. You know, to be fair, Laura, that was quite some leap in under two minutes of escalation. I was focusing on all of the other lanes. I was focusing on everybody else who, you know this, you can't control or change. I wasn't focusing on myself, my team, and my companies. You see, there's a huge big difference between struggling because of what's going on in your lane and struggling because of things that are happening with others. Ooh, can you feel that divine energy there? Can you feel that flow that happens when we focus on our own lane, when we focus on what we are doing, whether consciously or unconsciously? There is a different, beautiful, divine energy that comes when we are doing that. And we're also not giving our energy to others. So I want to ask yourself right now, if you are struggling, is your struggle internal? Are you focusing on your own lane with the struggle that's going on? Or actually, is the struggle external? You are focusing on the other lanes. Okay, so we've got past the eye of the struggle hurricane and we've identified whether the struggle is internal, external. What do we do next? Now, remember, I said that we don't have a choice of what happens, but we have a choice of how to react to anything that happens in life. And that's the next step. So what is your dream way of coping with struggle? Is there anyone in your life that you really admire who has had struggles in their life? Can you identify their coping mechanisms? And specifically, what is it that you admire about them when they are struggling? So if you do have someone in your life, can you work it out? You know, step by step, what do you think that they do? And then you can model them. So to model someone is to say that you can replicate their behavior for coping with struggle. So, so that then you behave in the desired way that you want to. Now, there is a caution here that deciding how we want to be when we are struggling is easier before the struggle. Okay, it comes to being an automatic behavior, especially if you've seen, like me, one or two decades more than some people have um, in terms of age. You may have a habit-based behavior when it comes to struggling. So that is to say the reptilian brain kicks in and you are on autopilot for how you behave in certain struggle situations. So that's why deciding before we're in struggle here is key. So once you've identified how you would love to cope with struggle, then I want you to run that scenario. That is to say, if you were to struggle again, 
say with an email coming in about someone duplicating content or work, how would I love to react? Or if I'm in the wardrobe and (laughs) I lose my footing and I take down the whole wardrobe with me, how would I love to react in the future? Now for me, obviously I have a, hmm, well, that's interesting. But you want to create how you want to be in the world with this. Because by running the scenario, what we're actually doing here is creating new neural pathways. So that when we are in struggle, you want to engage in new behavior and you want to do that. The neural pathway has always been created and it simply needs to be retraced by your mind. I often talk about neural pathways, such as talking about a, a beautiful field of really tall grass. The first time you create a new neural pathway of a type of behavior that you want to do, you've got to flatten all that really tall grass down. That takes work and it takes effort and it takes planning. The second time, some bits of may, may be regrown, but in essence, the pathway already exists through the field. You just have to follow it and you have to carve it out maybe a little bit deeply and you have to maybe smooth off the edges, but it already exists. And that's what we're doing here with behavior. Because when we're in the throes of it, that's why our reptilian brain, it just picks a neural pathway and off it's running. If it isn't the one that you want to do, that's when we can become frustrated with our behavior. And that's how your unconscious mind will know what to do in the next struggle meltdown and potentially eliminate the impact that you want that hasn't been going to your best interest, let's say. Now, my next piece of advice on what to do next post-struggle meltdown, this is not based on being a master coach with thousands of hours of experience. It's based on being a human. And I'm going to tell you, go and do something that's fun. Something that makes you laugh, something that makes you smile. Remember why I said that smiling so good? Because smiling and being angry is near on impossible. So anything that you can do in that moment to change your mood is wonderful. And even if you do it for just three minutes, you will see a difference. For the struggles, potentially still going to be there. It's not going to go anywhere. But what happens is this is the golden moments that we can change because it's about having a different mindset for the struggle and a different approach to dealing with it. And that's exactly what I did. I engaged my funk plan. Now I know with my winter allergies, I've got to say that very carefully. Funk, F-U-N-K, my funk plan. And this is a funk plan for me is something that I do when I'm in a funk. I also get my clients to do this. So for a funk plan, if you're interested, just like the behavior, create a list of activities to do when you're feeling just a bit of a funk. Now, my funk includes a funk playlist. Yep, you've heard it right, a funk playlist, and that's how it's labeled as well. My funk playlist is designed with songs that I dance around like a loon because no one's watching me. I might sing, I laugh, and just I'm just release. But it's already there on my playlists. And what, what did I do once I'd done? I'm laughing, I'm dancing, I'm looking at the carnage I've just created, which to be fair was actually pretty funny when I wasn't mad about it. Then I checked in on the wreckage and go, okay, hmm, well, this is interesting. And then I started to go sort out the mess. And once I was done, 
with that part of the struggle that I'd had that day, in the afternoon, I went back to working and I responded to that email and I handled the duplication with a totally different mindset and a totally different energy. If you work online and we're talking about struggling, never negate the impact of energy that can happen even when you are not talking to someone on Zoom in real life or you can't hear audio either. I'm talking about via email. Energy transfers, even if we're typing an email or we're writing copy or we're doing some social media posting, we're writing an email, whatever it might be for you. Have you ever read something and you felt like someone's, you know, angry, boom, 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 boom. They're doing angry typing. Even if it's not all in capitals, but you can feel that energy. Yeah, you can. Because it's true. We react differently with a different mindset, a different energy. Depends what's going on in our internal world. So next time you are struggling, take a beat. Go through these steps, my friend. and know that you have a choice of how to be. And if you are struggling and feel like I can support you, I have two ways that I can do that right now. Firstly is a 90-minute on-demand session for a super boost of strategy and energy and mindset work to kick off next year or where you are for success. Secondly is a private accelerator day, in person or on Zoom. And you also have 30 days of support with me and you one-to-one. Dates are available from February onwards. And I'd love you to come and let me know over on Instagram if you loved today's episode at Laura Payne Stanley. 